everybody wants to stop posting our documents and put them online. Um, but actually, people expect them online now. It's not it's not a case of you know because they want cheap rates because clients want a digital experience. So, firstly, welcome Michael, uh, Michael James, the uh, director for digital and consulting from Altus Consulting. So, thanks very much for agreeing to join our podcast. As I think I've said to you before, Michael, this this is a, a series we've called a sense of identity, and the idea is to try and give people a bit of a flavour of the people in the industry. I mean, you know, you're incredibly well networked. Everyone seems to know you, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I ask you around, so yeah, in a good way. I've yeah. not come across the bad bits just yet, but yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's certainly from my perspective, it'd be interesting, and I hope for others when they're listening to this to just understand a bit more about Altus. I mean, as a as a backdrop, when I started doing a bit of digging, and obviously, you know, a number of your colleagues I've known for quite some time, Kevin and Ben and Cat, etc. What's really interesting, as far as you know, amongst lots of other stuff, is that. You, you published some incredible stats on your site. 16 of the top 20 UKS firm, FS firms are consulting clients of yours. That's quite, you know, some credentials. Yeah. I think you've recently been recognised by the FT as, you know, a leading consultant uh, in the sector, yeah, which is, yeah. again, you know, a hell of a thing to uh, accreditation to. All your personal work. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. But, you know, as, as a business, you know, um, and particularly with a title like Director of Digital and Consulting, I can imagine that has to cover a lot of disciplines. So I, I thought might, yeah. what might be interesting initially would be to sort of get a flavour from you about the scope of that, because digital covers so many different subjects these days. Not, you know, I, I know Altus have a, a platform that's there for helping, I think it's collectives and transfers and, and a broader scope. But at a consulting level, wow, the topics are just almost endless. AI, digital transformation, you know, the governance and regulations. I wonder if you could share a little bit about, you know, where, where are you seeing, you know, the, the, the largest rump of interest at the moment, if you could say any one thing? I mean, is consumer duty and digitisation? Give, give us a flavour of some of the things you're up to at the moment, if you can. Yeah, no worries. So it's, it's um, digital consulting rather than digital and consulting. Just, uh, just uh, mm. I don't want to do math, my boss. I have a fifteen you know, out of job. But... Um, at the, at the moment, I guess the thing that we're seeing most of, the thing that's cropping up in every engagement, and, and we have something like 20 to 30 live engagements at any one time. Um, so, you know, it's a fair it's a fair range, not necessarily 30 clients, but certainly those engagements. And at the moment, what we're seeing is a lot of those have got data in. It's uh, somebody wants to, has got data in that engagement in some way, shape or form. And clients have... No, they've got a huge stack of data. You know, you can imagine. You see, you know, you mentioned the top whatever twenty uh, sort of FS companies that we're dealing with. You can imagine the amount of data they've you know built up over the years, and they want to they want to leverage it. You know, that's 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 one of the biggest things that we're looking at right now. It strikes me that we've got quite a lot of traditional and long-standing businesses in the in the FS industry that have been hell bent on writing new business, but don't necessarily understand their clients and their characteristics of their clients is that something therefore you get quite into the depths of in terms of you know that data itself that's exactly it that's exactly what everybody wants to use they want to use the data to to better understand their current clients and better understand their future clients so uh, get more out of what you've got and get and and get uh, get more more customers i mean that is the ultimate goal um <clears throat> but along the way you want to use that to make their clients journeys easier better you know more suited to them something that retail 
in many ways does a lot better than financial services. You know, the, the likes of those uh, supermarkets and, um, <clears throat> you know, like the Kingfisher Group or whatever, you know, you, know, you buy a paintbrush and they'll sell you paint or vice versa. In FS, it's a little harder to do that because, you know, we operate on a much slower cadence with uh, with our clients, the insurance clients, perhaps once a year or twice a year or... So it's much harder to get to get that sort of uh, unique experience, but it's not stopping uh, everybody trying to do that. And certainly, organisations with uh, backlogs of data for their clients have got that history that they can leverage and make help make those journeys better. So, so when you were talking there about that cadence, so that 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 is a subject that I suspect is close to everybody's heart. You know, I've read some really interesting books about you know the sort of um, the desire to, to become the place that people will go to for their financial information and financial advisors obviously um, hopefully do that yeah, in, a, in a big way. You know, that's that's part of the appeal, I guess, being able to have a one-stop shop for those sorts of things. But are you seeing sort of the digital capabilities keep up with, with you know, uh, with, with consumer desire in the same way i mean we, yeah we, we, i remember all these phrases like robo advice and yeah, yeah. you know now we're seeing ai and you know uh, chat gbt yeah. and are there particular areas that you are finding are you know your, your customers are focusing on these days yeah so i think um the certainly in the advice and the wealth space it's very much the move is now to hybrid advice or at least that's what the, the kind of the goal that our clients are pushing towards um, where a, you know a client can start a D2C journey and buy something direct, and then perhaps shift at that, some point to get advice in a, in a particular stage of that journey, or, or also start the advice journey and then and maybe you know finish off in a direct way. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's a bit of one of those utopia things that requires an awful lot more tech than people imagine it does. It's kind of like that old word of um, uh, omni-channel, you know. Remember, you know, trying just trying to get a similar journey across telephone, web, and and yeah. uh, voice is really difficult. As I'm sure you know, it's it's just it's just it's just quite difficult. And, and hybrid is also equally as difficult. Um, and and I think there's there's challenges then because <clears throat> client expectations are really high from a digital perspective. Mm. You know, they, look, you know. You get a lot of clients that want to digitize to make things more efficient or cost less. And post is a really good example. You know, everybody wants to stop posting our documents and put them online. Um, but actually, people expect them online now. It's not. It's not a case of you know because they want cheap rates. Because clients want a digital experience, and and that's from the the bottom end of the market where you're you know doing you know cash cash ISOs in a bank where you just want stuff done. Um, to the right at the very top end, the high net worth individuals, their expectation is that it's a good, seamless digital mm -hmm. journey, and I expect to be able to go online and see some of my, you know, some of my wealth there and then. It always felt to me that you know, financial advice, if it was if it was a hybrid, sort of makes more sense at an emotional level. You know, it's a very sensitive yeah. subject, isn't it? So, so in that context, I guess I'd always felt that you know would consumers be wholly reliant on tech although they expect tech to be there you know you know consumers expectations these days are extraordinary yeah. aren't they so it makes a lot of sense to, to, to what extent do you think the financial services industry will always keep that that foot in the personal space because it, it just feels to me like it, it there are certain subjects that can't 
cross the line or span as far as digital might might go in other other sectors buying everything online through tesco's feels like a you know crikey what supermarket yeah. wouldn't offer you that but but but, but yeah, what's your gut feel about that in terms of where we are in that evolution well, there are some really interesting points in your life where you probably don't want to do a quick digital experience isn't it certainly if you're back to retire you know in some cases dealing with the largest amount of money that you've ever had to deal with and make a decision on you probably don't want to do that in the quick of a switch. You probably want to have a chat to somebody, wouldn't you? And I think there are various moments, and it's relative for different people, I imagine. You know, so if somebody, you know, has a small inheritance of 50 grand, then probably that's an awful lot of money compared to someone of high net worth. That might be buttons. And, and it's worrying that it's going over there and will limit us. And the other thing I'm, I'm interested in, in terms of your your take, you know, uh, given, given the breadth of expertise, I mean, I know you guys are involved in life and pensions and wealth platform, you know, the whole yeah. the whole shebang, really. Do you think the demographics in the, of the audiences in those different sectors have different expectations? I mean, pensions dashboard is one that obviously, you know, keeps coming up, you know, it seems it to be in... Yeah a real struggle to get to a point where it has, you know, it, it can offer something that is going to be as consumable as I believe it needs to be. But is that because that topic pensions is, is, is a, is a no-go area as much, or perhaps, you know, not doesn't lend itself as well to digitization or you know, any feel around those sectors? They're all a bit different, aren't they? I mean, you know, it, <clears throat> so back, we do a little bit of banking and banking is a lot easier because everybody's got really used to, you know, just banking online. I don't think I've ever, I now ever ventured in my PC for a bank account transaction. It's pretty much done on my phone. Um, even, you know, even my parents are currently moving that way uh, there. But a, pen, a pension is very different because a pension is a financial services product that you haven't necessarily interacted with for your entire life. You know, people are still running on a wear and a prayer, hoping that uh, they're, they're stuffing enough away in their pension schemes and they're all merging together and they'll get to the end and survive and be able to retire. Um, even when they change jobs, you know, that's still a painful process. Uh, so those demographics are different to the wealth demographics, the bank in there. And then you've got insurance, which is kind of pretty much everybody deals with insurance product uh, on, on a different level. So very different people across very different things. But, uh, you know, it's still, are you savvy enough to do it digitally? Uh, is a is a big question because because uh, I'm I'm all surprised the amount of insurance is done through brokers you know, how how, how that you know how they get business because surely you just go to go uh, something together you know some kind of mere cat site and that's how you get insurance but it's 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 you know there's still a huge broker yeah. industry out there selling selling more to insurance you know? yeah it's wonderful. And yet, and yet, you see some of the large organisations. You know, we've seen the aggregators, you know, flourish to a degree. And yet, the metrics they seem to associate it with that market, you know, is very click through. Led, you know, led. You know, have you seen more opera singers this month than meerkats? Or I mean, they've got some new character on there now, um, some Australian uh, character. And um, but the but the um, but 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 the thing with that, it always feels like it's a quite promiscuous relationship, a transient and promiscuous relationship where. I guess when you're talking about retirement, albeit it's very long periods between when you might engage with it, and I mean auto enrolments change it. Is that do you think things like auto enrolment and the compulsions around contributions and and dashboard are going to start to change some of those things? Because you know, is there a real consumer drive for that? Do you think people are people, you know, and it's this that thing the retirement in the retirement space, you're you're trying to look after a person that you don't know yet, isn't it? I think mm. that's the the general so, so why 
you avoid it. You know, people avoid difficult decisions, and a pendulum is a difficult one. So, getting people to engage in it is just really hard work. You know, I, as much as there'll be a push for, you know, the dashboard so you can see where you are and all that stuff, I, I can't really see it improving very quickly. Maybe when right. our younger cohorts, our millennials, are very much used to, you know, the, a slightly different environment when they, you know, when they grow up and become the majority. Maybe that's when pensions yeah. become a thing that they can be talk, spoken about a bit easier. Yeah. I mean, I think interestingly, chatting to a couple of the younger guys in the office here, they they seem to be probably more willing to, I mean, certainly more willing to engage, you know, uh, technically, if you like, because they're, they're from an app world. But, yeah, I, I think the stats I heard recently, you know, there were several million apps i think it was two or three million uh on on google and a million and a half or so on on um on apple so you know it's, it, it feels to me like it's a quite well populated arena like the portal arena which also struggles with lethargy in yes. relation to clients and and uh, and getting them to engage regularly as you said yourself and i'm exactly the same by the way i rarely visit my bank anything on anything other than my mobile phone yeah and there are some standouts that are trying to make a difference in the more holistic financial services world. But are, are there any are there any areas that there or particular standouts that you would cite that are starting to see a, a, you know a migration, if you like, you know, an education to bring people more into line with the, the mobile telephony world that our our kids are going to be more more receptive to. We you know our client shifting, even our any specific client is shifting. Well, well, yeah, I mean, without naming names, but but in terms of propositionally, you know, I think one of the sessions you talked about previously was wallets, you know, and and yes. yeah. uh, and that and that space. And again, you know, that needs to be in my mind quite holistic. You know, it needs to be quite all encompassing before people engage with things because in the same way as you said about dashboard dashboard is about pensions and retirement there are spots in our lives times in our lives when that is a pertinent subject but because it's not relevant often enough um unfortunately um it it, it isn't something that gains sort of daily interactions and therefore it it doesn't sort of resonate it's not something at the top of people's minds even though they might be in an all-term enrollment scheme and seeing the money come out of their pay slip every month you think there'd be a degree of engagement and interest but i know in our discussions with some of these firms that are providing very large schemes you know even getting their customers to look at their statements to see what they've got in their pension fund which feels you know it is a big is a big ask so so uh, just uh, to go like go back on what altus does we work we operate in general insurance we've got two business verticals or core business verticals wealth and general insurance um and uh, i would say approximately two to one sort of in terms of the amount of business that comes in from those words, so generally more wealth than general insurance, that kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe a bit more, but but that's it. Um, and in and as you as you mentioned, we are, we're in life pensions platform moves the the whole shebang. So so actually, the the front end piece, the sort of the wealth and the advisor space, is only one small part of it for us. Um, mm. Although everybody still needs that front end, don't they, to to get in there. It is the front door. So even if we're dealing with a platform, they're cognizant of the fact that they're they're they sell through advisors, and advisors need a front door. Um, and um, so 
the problems vary in in that front end space and the advice space. Absolutely, engagement with 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 clients, making an engaging proposition, and there's some really interesting things out there. There's uh, that are trying to they're trying to capture customer data and and use it so almost sort of um, a lifetime fact find, you know, so that you've got an app and it, it, it gathers information about you as you go through life. And at any and at any point you've got essentially a fact find ready to go. And you can use that both that on, on top of information. So you can then start to uh, get integrations into your bank account and your, your wealth provider. Uh, and we've done a reasonable amount of work in Ireland, and that seems to be a bit different over there because it's kind of bank-driven. Um, the bank, you know, you, you the bank is still a trusted source of information for a lot of the Irish market, the protection and the current accounts and everything, and, and they'll, they'll go to their, you know, AIB or Bank of Ireland for that, um, and, and they're more used to that, whereas... We, we don't have that same relationship with our bank anymore to be to get that holistic view so it has to come from you know sort of uh what are they called um you know personal personal finance applications which you know don't seem to be standard it's the same it's interesting i parked my car and there was an american tourist as i parked the car sort of moaning about going around the uk having to have 20 different applications uh -huh. one for each car park that they visited around the uk yeah. It seems like that is a similar sort of problem that we're facing as financial services. I saw actually saw an article, and it's a really brilliant comparison, actually, because it is it is annoying. Actually, I saw, I think it was in Winchester, that the, some of the older demographic were complaining that they couldn't just stick a coin in a meter and just go, you know, and they have to have a smartphone and install an app, albeit I know, you know, the stats tend to indicate that most people have got one these days. But that, that banking thing is really interesting because... I've always not, you know, it, it, particularly because there's a difference within with with, with Ireland. You know, it feels so close, and then you know, yeah. as, as, as so close to us, and yet there's, there's a difference in habits because that that's a position of trust that I've never felt. Certainly for my own bank, although they're very very good, that they don't leverage that trust in the way that I would expect them to in provision of services that I probably would be receptive to seeing in one place with my bank. And yet, somehow, they've not made that transition. Do you think that? Do you think that will come on shore? Should we say to the mainland in due course? I mean, Barclays and all sorts of others have tried to lead on that, haven't they? Do you not think we had it once? Because my parents would have gone to the bank for everything, you know, at, at some point. And certainly, when you know, in my early career, I had uh, I had a business account manager, and you know, he'd go for them for lots of questions. Um, and then it became commoditized and. You know, when when he when he's talking about sort of selling you some uh, some insurance that you need for your business, he would then have to pass you on to an insurance department. So it felt like they had it. They commoditized everything to to get cost effectiveness out of it. But then they they lost the thing that they had to pull everything together and sell to them. And now they're trying to go right. Well, how can we do that? You know, on, yeah. on an app. Because maybe they they go back to having the person to do. It. Yeah, yeah, you're right, and 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 with only a couple of exceptions. I mean, I can think of a couple of people that you know are quite innovative in the digital space for very big prolific brands that are actually in those two cases exceptional. But actually, the relationship piece largely has disappeared. And and again, you know, looking at some of the most recent news with some of the the banks where their branches do still offer advice. But when you go in for advice, you sit at a desk in a room, a quiet room, yeah. and you interact with someone remotely that we've all been getting used to and have now got used to because of the pandemic. 
Well, they, they're using that as the driver for the economy they can do by centralising anything. So just sort of thinking about that segue into the pandemic and things. Yeah. Do, do you think that the pandemic and that remote working sort of piece um, has changed the way that businesses know they've got to evolve? Because certainly, you know, you know for, for doing this, for instance, uh, originally yeah, yeah. would have been, I, I, I wouldn't have thought to do things this way now. Every day, my life is spent mostly on teams. In fact, somehow I seem to ram too much into my diary, but everyone's now beginning to get a little bit better on managing their time and spaces. But I've seen some great examples where IFAs have really embraced that technology to try and keep back to that original conversation, that personalization by having these sort of remote interactions. But, but, but do, do, do you think that's going to that's going to continue to proliferate? It doesn't feel like it feels like the pandemic in that context is going to be with us for the long term. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I still struggle, you know, now when, you know, I have to think about going to the office pre-pandemic. Personally, I was pretty much away five days a week mm. and sometimes for weeks, not yeah. being at home, you know, and then, you, and mm. then you're at home and you get, you know, you, you become part of your own life. Uh, again, which is fabulous, you know, and, uh, and all that, and then and then and then you have to manage that, and I think that's the same for everybody. Yeah. Totally concur with that whole diary thing, but certainly from a consulting perspective, how consulting has changed is amazing because it's um, whereas pre-pandemic you might go to a client for a meeting, and that might take you all day. You know, and that's what you would have done in that meeting. You know, you'd prep for it and you'd write the notes afterwards, definitely. But that would that would be that would be your day for, for that mm. client. Now you'll have deal with probably four clients in, in or four jobs or four meetings in in that Project, day. Yeah, yeah. Highly different. And and it's changed in that sense. And and as I mentioned earlier, that uh, my expectations have changed from who I deal with and what I deal with. I expect now to be able to have the information to hand digitally to, to mm. deal with that. Certainly, well, we see our clients' clients, that is the expectation there. Mm. Um, certainly the uplift, I don't know, you must have some stats on that, but the uplift in the pandemic from, from uh, what was it? It was essentially mobile-first engagement. Not not even digital engagement, but mobile-first mm. engagement went in one of our clients from 90 to 99%. Um, yeah. So it was. They were no longer even going to the PC. They were interacting with that financial provider on their phone in between meetings uh, when they go downstairs for coffee or whatever. That, you're right. That's going to be with us forever. Do you think that's changed the definition of what hybrid advice is then as well? Because, you know, I mean, I, I may be a bit of an old fuddy daddy, but I mean, this is where I largely lead my life. But I still don't think there are occasions when. And even in the office, you know, we're very much hybrid. I know you guys are too, and that yeah. and that's and I think you have to do that if you want to keep a good working force, and you want to get the right people. You have to offer it, but the best interactions, without any shadow of doubt, for me, are those when you're at a whiteboard and you're you're with people in the room and you read the room and things. So, is is do you think hybrid? The actual definition of hybrid advice has changed. Well, I'm not sure what the uh, definition of hybrid advice is. <laughs> or ever was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the same way, I was never particularly sure what D to C was. And I was definitely not sure what B to, B to B to C was when that popped up in midway through that. Um, and they're different things to different people. But absolutely, hybrid is I want to be able to do, I want advice 
in whatever medium it's almost omni advice isn't it i want yeah. i want to have, yeah. i want to go through the process of having a getting the right product for me and at some stages i'm going to want some advice and other stages i'm going to want it digitally and i, I want to do it on my terms yeah, I think yeah, it's, yeah. it's the thing. It's the client's terms of engagement, not yours anymore, isn't it? And choice, and choice again. I think you're right. I mean, when when we talk to you know, for our you know very slim part of our world, if you like, in terms of comms and you know communications, you know we we work with some really prolific and large you know distributors of print output because our our industry, whilst being digital, is far from it as far as a yeah. lot of the content and output is concerned. But that's changing. And there's a definite sway in preferencing and choice where people will, for some things, want to go towards digital and for others, they probably still want that big pack of wealth information to feel feel loved by the brand, if you know what I mean. You know, there's, that, there's all those dynamics in play. So it's, yeah. it, I, I think it's fascinating. I think the, you know, if, 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 if anything, the pandemic's just changed that whole perception and that whole path, really. I can't remember the name of the advisor, but they, they, they publish like once a quarter or something in a magazine called Trust. Um, there's some really interesting articles in it, and the best thing is, is it smells of print. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. smell the print. It smells like something real. So you've, you've got one extra sense, and it's a winner. Yeah. You know? They stopped it for a while. I, I have no idea. I can't remember the name of the advisor group at all. But the magazine's really good, and they stopped it for a while, and they've started it back up again because clearly it was a winner. You know. Yeah. Uh, it, it, very interesting. I think, I think I've read some some stats around this in terms of the things that people remember the most. You know, they, they're the sound and smell. It's funny enough, yeah. uh, two of the senses that are most connected with your memory. And therefore, if you felt in a safe place back then when you'd flick through the magazine or maybe the Financial Times, maybe for that demographic, you know, that that's coming back to it. But who knows? You know, circling around a bit back to you, you in particular. So obviously. This digital space is one you're passionate about and you've been involved in. But yeah. just just a couple of more personal things. So uh, I'm reading a couple of your tweets. I, I understand you're a, a big cycling fan, and yeah. I think a big and a big wine fan. I saw a fabulous picture that you put up. I think where you'd replace the water bottle with a, a bottle of wine. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think you're suggesting that's a safe habit to do. So I'm not sure you combine the two. But you've that's done some fabulous. huge rides and things. I mean, they're looking at there. Well, tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, no. So I've done. Uh, we, well, I, I really love. Uh, it's what I go out and do cycling, uh, and um, I, I just sort of just like to do the miles, really. So, so I mean, some you know big ones around Wales, uh, and um, the home territory there, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I love the mountains uh, as much. I'm probably not quite in the shape for it right now, but I, I get there. <laughs> And um, and then I'll I'll love sort of going up the big hills. Really, it's a, it's a challenge, and it's the switch off that's important to me actually more than anything else. Is that you are yeah. you're, fight, you're fighting the territory and the and the landscape and the and that's all you that's all you con concentrating on. It's, uh, Good on you if you can do it. And with a bottle of wine in there, I mean that's impressive. That's that's, <laughs> that's the way to do it. It's the only way to do it. <laughs> one 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 last thing, if, if it's okay with you, and yeah, I always sure. tend to finish off with this was. Um, because I think we get some really insightful, you know, uh, pieces, which I'm going to piece together at some point. But yeah. if, if you were to be able to speak to your younger self, you know, uh, uh, not that long ago, obviously, but what would be maybe one or two, you know, uh, but what would be the piece of advice you'd give you really useful? Um, I, I had to think about this because I, I, I just briefly, I, I, I put your question. And I, so I thought I'd better think about this one because because uh, it's interesting. Um, I think that uh, for me, Every experience you, that I went through, and I've been through, you know, I've uh, I've 
fairly varied past, I, I would say, you know, uh, from, uh, you know, starting my intro. I used to, I used to start it and run the digital agency back in 99, uh, you know, sort of early websites and that kind of thing. Mm. And then went into um, financial services. We used to do, I brought an invoice discounting system so, uh, for, for wages and we became the ninth largest lender in the UK and that went to the wall. And uh, so in all those, in all those experiences, and then I went to work for Nationwide. And in all that experience, what I would say is that every point that you, you go through, no matter how hard it is, has a really positive influence on your later life. Um, so uh, the scars really make make the later life much easier. I think so. I think yeah. I don't go and tell myself to try and to to push harder when I was younger to 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 not be afraid to fail because yeah. the failure is 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 where you're going to win later. I think that's really good. That's a really good one, actually. And we've not had one in that in that sort of vein before, which is really cool. Yeah, learning all the way through, all the way through your life. I think every meeting I go into and every person I meet, you look at when you think, you know, you you learn things, don't you, all the time, and try and soak it up. It's just as you get older, it's the retention rate goes. That's the trouble. But um, but barring that, it's all good. But uh, no, perfect. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, the, the principles is the other thing. You played back this conversation. I'll have forgotten names. So I've forgotten the name for Spanish Island, and I'll forget the name of a platform and all that sort of stuff. But actually, it's the principles you need to remember things. So if, how to do things, and that's that's the other thing I think. But, uh, yeah. You know, remember the principles and the scars, and you'll you'll be able to win. I think. You'll use them to get is that somewhere good in, in the future. That's really good. Yeah. Listen, fantastic. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, Michael James, yes. thanks for joining us on our podcast. And uh, yeah, really appreciate your time. Thank you, Paul. Cheers. Good to speak to you. Yeah. You too.